you got a new uh, new podcast on uh, Emergent Radio, I hear. You know what? That's what I'm told. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. I don't I don't know how cool it is yet. We'll uh, we'll certainly uh, time will tell how cool it is. It, it it's probably cool at the time. Hey, it's it's cool to me. So that's all that's important to me. I guess and that's because you're the boss. So our <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That works for me. I'm good. So we're just gonna go ahead and start. Um, so welcome everybody to episode two of Designing Opinion. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Brian Dusablon, um, founder of Emergent Radio, of uh, Deuce Enterprises, and current current uh, day job quitter. Um, and. <laughs> Nice. You, you like how we do these intros? I, I really put a lot of thought into them. That's kind of like what happened last week or last episode with uh, Aaron as well. But uh, uh, you can go ahead and tell tell a little bit more about yourself and about all the things you kind of have going on. Uh, okay. So, uh, t- yeah. So today was the last day of my uh, old job, the day job, and uh, going completely independent, um, though I've been... I'm not just starting something new. I've been doing this stuff on the side for a really long time, doing a lot of freelance web design and, uh, you know, the learning technology consulting type stuff with uh, regards to e-learning and training. And uh, hopefully spend a little bit more time on this podcast network and uh, add another show or two maybe this fall and, um, you know, maybe a few more frequent episodes of the toolbar. Um. Which but, which you are a host of with yes, uh, with, uh, our, our, with our friend Judy yes the lovely Judy Unruh and uh, episode nineteen of that is actually going live as we speak I believe uh, if my co-host pushes the publish button so yeah I've been cranking some stuff out been really busy but it's been fun busy um, lots of creative stuff we also uh, launched uh, an organization called Learning Ninjas with. A uh, super huge shout out to uh, Mr. Early for the design of our identity and the, our logo. Was, uh, I did that. I think you did that. I I, I, I think you did. It was a long I time did. ago. I kind of forget now. <laughs> <laughs> that that <laughs> was a while ago. It, it took us forever to actually get the dang thing out the door. But um, we we JF did that finally, um, and I'm looking forward to to working with some some fellow free agents and some folks that do it a little bit on the side too to to. to push the uh push the entire industry forward so that's i I, yeah i've been doing a few little things here and there and um it's nice to have full control over my time to better um allocate it i think at least that's my goal we'll see if it works and part of that is the reason why you know i i excuse me as i move keyboards around um why i wanted to have you uh guest tonight because um like me and all of my side projects, you have been doing multiple projects in addition to a day job for quite some time now. You, like you mentioned, you've been doing the podcasting, you've been doing uh, freelance work, and you've been doing uh, now launching this uh, learning ninjas initiative. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is uh, the side projects. Mm-hmm. Designing for yourself and self-initiated projects. Why side projects? Why do you 
keep yourself so busy? Uh, the you want the short answer first. the The short answer is we're trying. Um, we're trying to keep tonight's episode to an hour. So okay, uh, I can do that or less. I'm good with that. Um, okay. Um, but uh, no, uh, I I do side projects because that's the when when it's a side project, it's usually because uh, it's something that I want to do that I don't get to do at my day job. It's or it's something that allows me to be creative or own some part of the process that I don't own in the day job. Um, a really, you know, another part of it is for me, it was just I, I'm I'm wired to help people. And so a lot of the stuff that I've done on the side has started out as like just helping people do something or, you know, hey, I know how to do that. So uh, how about I you know, fix that computer for you or I can do this. And then if somebody wants to give me some money for that, I was like, Oh, okay, I could make a little money. And then I helped a, like a nonprofit out with a website and started doing more and more of those and getting money for it. It's like, Oh, okay. So it kind of carried, you know, just sort of um, led to more and more things and it's just steadily grown and grown enough to where now I can do it full time. Um, but I think as a side project, it's, and even if you're doing independent work, like Emergent Radio is completely uh, self-funded. You know, no, you know, we don't have sponsorships or donations yet. We're getting to that. Um, but that was just something that is like, hey, I want to have, you know, it was a good idea. Why not have a conversation, actually record it, see if anybody else wants to listen to it? Because we're talking about some pretty cool stuff. And... We're we're gonna talk about it anyway, so why not why not do it? And so that became a side project that became a bigger thing to where I wanted to actually start a network of mm-hmm. shows like the conversations we all wanted to have, which is exactly why you fit perfectly into the network because it's like, hey, I just want to have conversations and with lots of different types of people focused on you know, and generally it's got a top it's got a you know, it's design focused, but you're you know, you're gonna bunny trail off, you're gonna do everything else, you're gonna have guests like me that ramble like I am right now. Um, and, and that's okay because it's just, it's this idea of something, you know, spontaneous where, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so that side project turned into something that was just a, once we launched it, it was like a very, it was a job. And I was like, you know, I really have fun doing that. I'm going to keep it going. And, you know, I think the, the challenges with side projects is that if you take on too many or do too many that are, that end up being, that that are successful or at least moderately successful or you enjoy enough to keep it going, then you have to worry about balancing all of that um, as it's still calling it side projects. I mean, I, I pretty much tell everybody I've had two or three jobs the last three years. It mm-hmm. hasn't really been, it's not like I'm just a little freelancer on the side. I'm running a company on the side. It's just most of the time, you know, that's all happening at night or on weekends. Right. I, I have, been in a in a kind of a similar situation too with uh, Grunt Monkey, the the studio that I run. I have always told people, well, it's it's a business and it's a studio that's based solely on pursuing side projects. Um, when I first started it, I the clients I was trying to go after were were those people that were working a day job and always had this thing that they really wanted to do. But for whatever reason, they could never follow through and actually start it or, or, you know, just follow through really, you know, Oh, I've always, I've always wanted to do 
this thing. I've always wanted to start my own business, but I can't because I'm working this day job. And mm-hmm. I was going after them to say, you can do this, right? I'm, I'm here to help you. I have the abilities and the resources and the time to, to help you do these things that you really wanted to do, you know, for, for a fee. Um, and, you know, it just really turned out, you know, the people that really commit and follow through with those, I really wish I was doing X. I really wish I was doing this thing. The ones that don't do it probably won't. You know, there's there's too much fear. There's too much. There's just not quite enough motivation. There's not quite enough commitment to that thing that they really want to do that they actually kind of get them over the hill and actually start running with it. So that sucks if that's the type of clients I was going after and then just kept finding, you know, oh yeah, I really want to do this thing. I'm like, awesome, let's get it started. And it just never starts. Mm-hmm. You know, constantly, well, not constantly, but, you know, continuously keeping in touch with them, trying to get the ball rolling, and it just doesn't budge. And then the ones that do want to do it have already gone off and done it, right? They've already, they're already running, they're already running their marathon. They're like, yeah, I left my job. I'm, I'm focusing on this thing. I have all this momentum and I'm pushing through. Like I, unless I need some extra help, I've got this covered. So, you know, starting out, that was like one of the first lessons I learned in, you know, when I started the studio, it was who are really my clients, Mm -hmm. you know? It was, I want to do this thing and I want to help these types of people, but not everybody can actually do that. But you know who is motivated and who is committed to doing these side projects and is committed to exploring these ideas was me. Right. So turning it back inward and like, okay, if I'm going to build a design studio and I don't, and I'm going to be my first client, what am I doing? (laughs) Right? Well, I moved to Chicago to work in the music industry and to make screen printed posters for bands that I liked. Okay. Well, what's the outlet for that when I'm not chasing, chasing down bands and management, it's selling the things that I've already made for the few bands that I did make that I did get a chance to work for. So that was the first thing, right? Okay. Grunt monkey as a studio has a poster store and you know, producing, producing merch for bands that I've had a chance to work with. Okay. Did that for a little while. Get kind of burnt out on it. You learn a lot about the music industry. You learn a lot about working with bands and management and everything. And you, after a while, you, I just lost interest in it, really. Um, I was like, okay, well, I did that thing. What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I'm starting to get a little attention. Like maybe, maybe I go back to traditional design work. Maybe I can do some logos for some real clients and not just for people that are wanting to do their own side projects. Maybe maybe the side project for them is the full-time job too, but they're not designers. So right. you start kind of tr- tracking down more traditional design work and then going from building off of that. So I, I, I've always said that Grunt Monkey is a studio based on, built on side projects. And I've always um, kept that kind of mindset too. Like 
I really believe that I have the resources and the abilities and motivation that I can really do anything. And I think the difference between people that kind of pursue side projects and make that jump from side project to full-time job is that they aren't afraid to fail. Yeah. I think that's the, the afraid to fail. And, and there's, there's all, you know, there's different situations too that I get that, that dictate what you have to do. You know, if you've got a decent job and you need benefits or there's other things and there's certain people that, but at the same time, I, uh, you know, the idea of job security is, a, you know, a false, I th- you know. Right. I think, I think in today's day and age, even especially, like, the idea of job security is a, a paper-thin oh, reality. It, it, I've had – so, so w- one of the reasons that pushed me to planning for this day, jeez, uh, like eight, nine months ago, eight months ago, <laughs> it was February – uh, no, no, it was last November. I'm sorry. Yeah, so uh, chat with uh, with Ruben Tosman, and I was going on and on about you know just being you know about oh well, you know I've got the job security. It's a pretty good job. It's it's okay. It's not like it's a it's difficult. It's just it's it's not it's just, it's just a job, right? Everybody's got you know had one of those or or um, and you know I shouldn't I shouldn't knock it because I'm a lot better off than a lot of people and blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And he just totally blew up the. He's like, "You do not have job security, dude. <laughs> like, you think you do, but they could fire you tomorrow. You could, there's a layoff that could happen." And honestly, that's true. I, and I and and, right. and I've been through one layoff and I made it through. Um, and I like to think that I would have made it through another one based on the value that I added to the organization. But there's no guarantees there. There's right. you know different. There's changes in leadership. There's changes in. Uh, org structure or all of the above and all these things and then you're you're out and so if you have the passion or the opportunity to do something else if you've done side work or you enjoy it or you um, are good at it then that's your job security because you own all of that right you are in control of your destiny in that you know sort of in in that situation and if you're at all so that the risk um, the risk factor there and the, the idea of failing is it's, it's a hard hurdle to, to, to get over. You know, I mean, it's been taking mm-hmm. me a long time, right? I mean, I've been wanting to do this for That's- several years and it took me a lot of, you know, mentoring conversations with some, some colleagues and, and conversations with the network and, and understanding that I do have a little bit of value somewhere in this world um, that, you know, it took a lot to get me to this point. And, but there, there was some, I've actually, people that have heard me talk about this in different contexts this week are really going to get annoyed with this because I've mentioned it so many times. But there's an, there was an article I read in Inc. Magazine. And it was an old one. It was from like 2008 or 2009, but I kept it because I hadn't read it yet. And there was a little quote in one of the, just one of those little like sidebar quotes that you see in a, in a mag. And it just said that the, and I'm not quoting this perfectly, but it was basically that the risk uh, of missed opportunities by staying in a day job or staying in a job and not going independent, not doing what you want to do, not following your passion, became greater than the risk of losing that job security or that steady paycheck or whatever else. 
And that's where right. I got several, you know, a few months ago, and I've been planning is is the the opportunities that I was having to say no to, or the opportunities that I knew I couldn't even throw my hat in the ring for because I I had commitments. Um, mm-hmm. Or st- that's stuff that I did not want to be turning down, and that was what helped make the decision for me. Right. Yeah. The 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 price of a missed opportunity is greater than the security of the current situation. Yeah. Exactly. Essentially, something along those lines. That sounds better than what I said, so that works for me. <laughs> we, well, I'm, I'm sure both of them are the off profound point. words of Mr. Jason Early. Right. Will be quoted can, from, can, from, from this point forward. String it around. <laughs> so, but I think but I right, think I mean, it's. But, go ahead. I was going to say, but that's that's also kind of not that's a, that's not a mindset that's actually encouraged and you know cultivated either, right? Um, a lot of a lot of people are raised with you know don't fail, mm-hmm. be a success, be. You know, be a winner, whatever. But that takes that's a that's a big mental approach um, to be okay with failing, right? It's and it's not failing as it's okay because you're going to learn something. Like it's the mindset is really just don't fail, don't lose, don't screw up. And all of this kind of like extra baggage that comes along with it, like oh well, if you fail at this, you'll never be able to do anything else, and um, and that's really just terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of pressure that kind of adds on to a person in you know what they're wanting to achieve, right? Right. They, they kind of settle. They settle for the thing that's safe and that they can do versus really taking a chance and being successful and happy at something else. So, right. And I think and, that the it's it's been in, it's been just like the you can't fail or don't fail and failing is bad. It's at the same time as also that um you know, that stability, that that simple settling is like that's like look, you just need to find something and stick with it and that's it. You know, there's no it's not about you being happy. It's about you right. finding something to do and make enough money to support a family or it's, to support it's this being or whatever. responsible. Right. It's being you know, being okay and like financially responsible and financially securing what you need to do to take care of a family or to take care of a situation. And I don't get me wrong, I totally, completely understand that choice that people have made. I, I have friends that are designers for um, like major universities and they're okay with it because they're working a job to pay for their kids' college. Because by being a college uh, university employee, you know, family gets free tuition or something along those lines. And I totally respect that. That is 100% fine, you know just doing doing what you need to do to get by but but there are others that do have the situations of they don't they don't have those responsibilities they don't have that responsibility to a family or that responsibility to to a spouse or anything like that and they're just they're they're schlubbing a day job and they're just miserable mm-hmm. and those are the people that i kind of are the ones that i really like talking to a lot is because like well well why are you doing this right like you've worked there long enough you're living within your means you've, you've probably if you're smart you have some in saving what do you really want to do 
oh, I want to go do this. I was like, then you should go do it, right? What are you waiting for? Like, life is incredibly short for you to be unhappy. That's exactly, I mean, that's that's the, more and more, that's what I've realized, is that's what it, that's what it comes down to, is that life's way too short to mess around with your opportunity, with, with, with what you're doing every day. And, and um, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's, cause it's not easy. It's very, very difficult. But at the same right. time, like you said, it's hard work, but it's work that you enjoy at least more of the time than, than, uh, you know, the dead end jobs type stuff. And mm-hmm. if you're doing any, you know, going back to what you originally started this with, which was, are you doing any, you know, what is side work to you? And I, I bet if you asked 50 people that, that are true, you know, doing some side work freelance stuff, that they're all going to say, well, that's the stuff I like to do. Right. And, or that's the stuff where I get to do what I like to do or something along those lines. And it becomes a, you know, it's like, well, damn, you know, there's your answer right there. If, if you're only doing what you like to do part of the time, how can you get to that where it's most of the time or all of the time? And, you know, it, it's easier and easier now to launch a business to do these kinds of things because um, it's it's easier to be a free agent a freelancer right there's lots of resources there's lots of um, you know uh, opportunity to collaborate with other freelancers and tie you know find these communities and do co-working all this kind of stuff there's just amazing time to be to be seeking out and doing stuff independently or or in small groups um, and yeah and the 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 workforce environment too is changing too because companies aren't wanting to invest all the costs that it goes into hiring a full-time employee. Right. Right. They, there's a lot of them that they much rather would hire a freelancer or a contractor for short-term, uh, short-term contracts and projects. Um, and they don't want to invest in the training of somebody new. They want to hire the best person they can for this short time and get the best product for it. And get, or get the best outcome or whatever it is. And so I'm, I'm torn because like I, so what would you, so somebody that does, that has a day job, it's got a family, you know, all these mm-hmm. kind of things. Maybe they're the sole breadwinner, right? The, they're doing some side work. They're doing some websites on the side or they're doing some, some kind of other creative work on the side. What, you know, and I don't, I don't actually don't even know your whole, you know, work background or anything else, but, you know, f- you know, you know mine as I've been, you know, freelancing. I freelanced for a little while out of college and mm-hmm. then I had day jobs for the last nine years and did it on the side. And now right. I'm breaking free. But so there's, but there's, People can learn from what I did. Don't, don't wait nine years, first of all, if you don't have to. Um, but what are, some, what are some ideas you have about how people can get out there earlier? And even if, they're, even if they fail, you know, the idea of failing fast or failing lightly, maybe, mm-hmm. to where it's not a massive failure and, you know, it's kind of like dipping your toe in the water type of deal. Right. What, 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 do, you, what, what do you have for them? How far, how far back do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> you can give me the Cliff's notes. And I start. Go so I, I love talking to uh, college students. Um, 
I, I do a lot of work mentoring college students in various design programs here in Chicago. And the, uh, the amount of resources that a student has in college or at a university is so large. I think, I don't think a lot of them even realize it. Mm -hmm. So I tell them that your college experience, your, your time at this university is your time to fail as much as possible because you have the largest safety net there than you will anywhere else. It's really, really difficult to screw up so large in college that you, it will taint, it'll tarnish a reputation or it'll tarnish your experiences once you graduate. So I tell students, try out as much as possible while you're still in college, while you're still at your university. You have resources to professors. You have resources to like-minded people. You have resources to other departments. You have resources that allow you to try as much as possible and you've already paid for it. Mm-hmm. You've already paid for it. That's good. Um, so for a story, so for a little story in some of my college experiences, you know, I, I went to a community college out of high school and then went and worked in the industry for about four and a half years. Um, got burnt out, wasn't, wasn't getting to where I was wanting to. So I made the choice to go back to school. I went back and finished up a bachelor's degree that I never had and came back to university and was the, how, how was it that they put it? The, the non-traditional students. I was, I was somebody that had already been out. I was older than most of my classmates. I had already had four and a half years of professional experience. Mm-hmm. I was working stuff on my own. I was paying for everything on my own that I could. Um, I had loans and things like that. But I also had the mindset to, to realize where, what resources were around me that I could pull from if I ever needed to. Going through a design, pro, uh, design program, you, you tend to make a lot of things. You tend to make a lot of one-offs and a lot of physical prototypes of, you know, catalogs or hardback books or, you know, really whatever it is that the project requires. Finding physical product resources of containers and boxes and, you know, bottles and, you know, soda cans, whatever. You see, there's a reason, if you look at a lot of college graduates' uh, portfolios, you see a lot of wine wine bottles and wine label, like wine brand rebranding and and packaging products Mm -hmm. because they're so attainable. Anybody in college can get a, can get a wine bottle and rebrand it. Right. Right. But not everybody can go and produce something, um, a physical, like a car brush. I don't know, like a, 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 a brush that allows you to clean out your car. Sure. Right. Right. And, and, and make the labeling and make the hang tags and make whatever, right. The resources for those types of products are really difficult to come by. So I had either the foresight or just the, the experiences that kind of led me to it is like, I made friends in every department in our fine art, in the college of fine arts that I could, 
I met people in the wood shop. I met photographer students. I met sculpture people. I worked in an art gallery. I did the best I could to find as many resources for things that I may need later. Mm-hmm. If I need if I need some product shot for uh, for my portfolio for our product design class, I'm not the greatest photographer, but the master's student, the graduate student who's TAing the photography class is one of my drinking buddies. And if I buy him a case of beer, they'll shoot my products for me. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's opportunity, right? You can get by in college with very little because you've already paid your tuition, which I really feel that your tuition is your, um, your keys to the castle. As long as you are nice and can strike up a conversation and you're, you're a friendly person, you meet people, you're going to meet a lot of people and it's a really safe environment to fail in mm-hmm. because what's the worst that can happen? Somebody says no and you have to do something yourself. Um, if they weren't cool with taking my products for me, that's cool. They TA an entire class of somebody that would work for like a week's worth of food. Right. Like, right, take them to the grocery store, let them run, stock their shelves for a week, and you're only out maybe a hundred bucks. Um, but so the students that I work with and that I talk to now, it's college is the safest place to fail. There's not a lot of real retribution because once you get out of college and once you have that real job, the the opportunity of failure goes away. If you screw up something in that opportunity in that environment, there's financial risk tied to it. There's studio reputation risk tied to it. There's your job tied to it. Yeah. Some real consequences or more, more real than college, I guess. Yeah. Right. But in college, it's just something that you tried. Oh, I tried to do this. It didn't work out. Well, why didn't it work out? Well, this, this, and this. Okay, now you learned. You learned a little bit more in failure. Right. So how does that translate to after college or people that don't go to college? Because that idea of, you know, learning through failure, right, is critical. Um, because that's how you, you know, you truly grow. You truly learn how to, how to do things better and actually run, run a business perhaps or, or right. do what you want to do for you know do what your passion is for a career how how does that how does that happen outside of you know after college and i mean i know you know my story is it took, took me a long time to get there but i'm doing it but in mm-hmm. a lot of that's it's it's failing it's it's you know failing on the side so there's you know you can i guess i just sort of answered that to some extent on how i handled it is i failed on the side i would try things and and do stuff you know, work at night and work on the weekends and um, some of the stuff I tried didn't work and that's okay because I had the day job to back me up and I had other things that I was, I was able to take that risk. Um, I didn't take as many risks when I was a freelancer and I had to pay, you know, the bills and I was starting, you know, I had started a small family already. And Mm -hmm. so I I took fewer risks there and just kind of kept plodding along. Even though it was freelance work, it was kind of that steady contract work that you really just don't want to make, you know, don't raise a fuss and it'll keep coming in. 
Right. And, and, but there was no, I didn't like it. It wasn't like it was, you know, my, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. Um, you're doing it for the money. Yeah. So, you're, so you're I would. You're doing it for the income and security and, and, and that's okay too. Yeah. So now, you know, the, the, so that you've got all these ideas of, you know, there's, there's these conflicting ideas, I think, where there's this idea of like failing fast and failing frequently or failing often to learn and grow and, and build what you actually want to do. But then there's this, this thing where you've got to, at some point, have some success to be able to pay the bills and feed your family or do whatever you want to do that requires the, you know, money, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's travel, whatever you want to do. I don't, you know, it's all based on you somehow being successful at something that you're doing. And that's where I think a lot of people get hung up is that they're, they may be willing to fail a little bit in some kind of a side project, but they'll never go past that. And you can't really grow that side business or that side work into something more without committing to the possibility of failure. Right. And that's tough. I mean, I've gone, I've, I'm talking, I mean, I've, I've been there. I'm, I'm there right now to some extent, you know? Um, I mean, I've made my decision, but I, I can understand how difficult it is to get to this point. So, you know, is there a way to translate the stuff that, you know, I know that's not a direct translation from, you know, the stuff you're talking to college kids about because it's a different environment, different, you know, low risk, all those types of things. But mm-hmm. how does it apply to somebody like me th- two years ago? Well, um, I think it depends on how you define success. Is, is your vision of success having a lot of money in the bank and never having to worry about it? Okay, then don't worry so much about the jobs that you're doing. Just do the thing, that, you know, kind of go towards that goal. Mm-hmm. is your idea of success creating something that you have full ownership of, right? I made this thing. It's out there. It exists. That's all that matters. Right. Money, if money comes, okay, but the main focus is that I created that thing. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, that's, that's another mindset for it. Um, I learned really just in over the years of, of being in the industry and working and taking on all these different work, these different projects, you know, I know, I know the type of projects that I don't like doing. Um, I probably won't do them even when they come across the plate, but I can give them to another designer or somebody else that I know that maybe likes doing those projects. Um, so, I kind of decided that like my, my goal and the way that I define my own success is, am I happy? So that's, that's the goal. That's the end result in all honesty and night and probably some naivete. Am I happy? Am I doing something that I'm content with? Am I doing something that I'm proud of? Am I doing something that I'm ethically okay with? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. That sounds awesome. And I really believe that like, if I'm doing projects that make me happy, I'm going to continue to do those types of projects. If I continue to do those types of projects, 
I'm going to get better at those types of projects. If I'm going to be better at those types of projects, I will be paid very well for those types of projects. Um, It's putting, it's putting the, the effort and the mindset first and knowing that the more that I do those types of things, the better at it that I'm going to be and the money will come. It's a lot of faith. Well, it's a lot of faith that it's gonna that 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 end result is gonna happen. But I I know a lot of people that also kind of have that same mindset, and I've seen it happen over and over again. They're like, "This is what I do that makes me happy, and I'm paid for it." Right. That's all that matters. Right. So the so I'll, I'll honestly like that's what sh- the my mindset shifted in the last i don't know when it was but two or three years somewhere in you know the last i'd say one to three years maybe where it became less about progressing as quickly as i could and part of that was due to being sort of you know running out of space in an organization there was no room for growth right mm-hmm. um but that i'm actually glad that happened because had because it was a, uh, that was a motivator yeah, so it was like originally it was like this I want to get to a certain position, I want to get to a certain salary, whatever else. And at the same time, the job that I'm in, you know, it's 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 in the performance arena, so the idea of helping people do their jobs better and stuff like that is still get a little bit of value out of solving problems and helping people do better in their job, which makes them happier, right? So there's kind of this there's a little bit of of non-monetary motivation there as well. But by getting a little bit, you know, stifled and, and hitting a wall or hitting a ceiling, it also, you know, helped me to revisit what I really valued. And in then more specifically in the last year, um, I already knew that I was moving on. I just didn't know when. I didn't really have a, you know, whatever plan or, or a, you know, a, a real drive to make it happen. But then in the last six months to a year, you know, conversations with, with other entrepreneurs and, con- and conversations with the creators and, and designers, that is, you know, really helped me, you know, get to a point where it's like, geez, that's like, I, like, some of the stuff you guys do are so cool. I really wish I could do more of that. And then the idea of this... Um, you know, for me, a really big part of it is being able to give back and do so. You know, some social entrepreneurship, some philanthropy, some of these other things. And I found that I'm actually better equipped to do that with my time and my resources than I am with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, obviously, if I had a lot more money, I'd be a lot more, you know, apt to do um, sure a lot more stuff with with that. But at the same, like, I can actually do a lot of really good stuff with just my time. Mm-hmm. And by going independent or doing my own thing, I again own that time, own all of my time now. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, well, I, I got an eight-year-old and a twelve-year-old. They own a lot of it too. <laughs> but, but you know, I own more of it, and so I can commit more of that to the stuff that I'm passionate about, which is help. You know, some you know f- uh, philanthropy and some other things. That that's was. Um, that that's what actually got cut first in the past, right? Is oh, I don't have time to do that. Yeah, but that right. was what I enjoyed almost more than any of the stuff that I've, you know, actually, yeah, a lot of it's more than I've made, and the stuff that I've made money on is just the stuff that I'm doing for free. And 
being able to say, okay, I've got three or four or six or eight or 10 or whatever hours now to do that again and be happier. And then I also realized that I don't need a whole lot to be happy. I, there's a lot of stuff that I thought I might need and that I was aiming for. And like, you know, at the end of the day, which I hate that term. I've said that on both episodes this week. This is ridiculous. I need to get that. Somebody slap me next time I say that. But when it comes down to it, I only need a very, very few things. You know, I'm good friends, right? You know, uh, family that I, you know, that kind of, and then doing stuff that I enjoy. And one of those things is travel, right? It's getting to see stuff that I've never seen before. And I don't have to make a ton of money to do that. And so I'm not even that concerned about the money. I need to support my family. And... But I'm more concerned about how can I open up more opportunities and more time to do the stuff that I really, really enjoy that makes me happy, which is exactly what you were saying in probably much fewer words. Yeah. Um, what it, That's kind of like the, the living kind of within your means and understanding the difference between wants and needs, sure. how that kind of that shifts quite a bit, too, I think, just as we get older and mature and well at least get older um <laughs> one of the one of the influences never that i actually no tell fun. like some of some uh of my design students and uh my buddy ben and when i was in boston i just saw his eyes kind of light up like really one of the influences that helped kind of shape uh my approach to to business and just to you know personal ideas of wants and needs was Fight Club. I was like, what, was there any book that you should read that helped you shape kind of your design practice? And I went, yeah, Fight Club. <laughs> and the eyes kind of like light up like, really? Like, how? So I, I, t- I tell them the story like, growing up in central, in, in central Illinois in small towns and, you know, there's not a lot of metropolis anything around me. The idea of these kind of like larger than life ideas of, you know, we define status by owning these things that we, we finally earned or we finally got to buy, right? You know, a car, a um, specific, you know, clothing label, you know, I only wear you know, things from structure or from express because that's really expensive for where I grew up. Um, and that's kind of like a status symbol, right? Like you wear the clothes that kind of like showcase that status. And as you start to get that first job and you start spending your money on the nicer apartment and the better restaurants, the better, uh, the better mass produced beer and, you know, better about better bottles of alcohol. And, you know, you start spending this, this money in a way that you, you, you think you should, but reading fight club and reading a lot of kind of like the ideas that, that, uh, are presented in that, you know, the things you own end up owning you, you know, you're not special there's so many other people like you why are you trying to act differently when there's so many people else that are similar than you and you know kind of reading that and like starting to actually kind of see it in practice a little bit too 
really shift, shifted and kind of shaped my outlook on life. I'm like, okay, I don't need these $200 pair of shoes. I can buy an $80 pair of shoes that lasts as long and serves the same function and they're comfortable, right? Like really shifting a perception um, to, to things of ownership and things of wanting. So once that mindset really kind of shifts, right? Money isn't so much a focus. It's okay. I have these abilities and I have these resources. What can I do with it? Like I can take care of myself. I put a roof over my head. I put food on my table. I, I have insurance. I have money in the bank. I have a bunch of extra resources now that aren't being eaten up by, by consumerism that aren't being eaten up by, uh, keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with like what society says, well, what can I do with that stuff? Like, well, I can invest in this prototype. I can invest it in printing. I can invest it in making things. I can make stuff for me. I can explore ideas now. Yeah. And, you know, I have, I really like the fact that I, I kind of tell people, you know, it's like I, I make every solid attempt to follow through on every weird, crazy idea that comes into my head. I really don't have a filter between brain and hand. It doesn't stop with, well, let's think about that for a minute. No, it's, here's an idea. Let's do it. And somewhere in the process of producing this thing, it falls apart. And then it's like, well, that didn't work. But at least you know that it didn't work. And you can just kind of move on. Yeah. True. Well, I think the the idea of, you know, it's not about money or anything else. It's, you know, there's different things that you can do. I think there's, you know, some... There's some folks that obviously there's lots of different situations, so I, I want uh, to be course. and I want to be aware of that. But I also am, am I think that your your points about seeking out certain you know whether it's um, material things or whether it's other things that people are spending money on. You know, I I was horrible with budgeting for lots of years. I just you know, hey, whatever this is what I have, and I'm just gonna go and buy this stuff. Blah blah blah. And at the end of four or five years, what did I have to show for it, right? No savings, a little bit of debt, you know, some, you know, maybe a couple extra cool gadgets or something like that. But, you know, not not really anything that I could do anything with. Mm-hmm. And that became, that's where some, you know, some of the shift happened is I was like, all right. So we, you know, part of the what allowed me to go do what I did today and quit my job is that I worked really, really hard to to not to save all my you know money and 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 do get paid you know get out of debt do all these other things so that when it came to this point I was ready and I have a you know a few months to give it a shot. It's not like a you know it's not like if I fail for October I got to go find a job again, right? So I have a little bit of right. of wiggle room. And you have a little bit of a buffer. I have a little bit of a buffer. So and there's ways to build that up. Like if you're doing side work put all that away and don't go buy the next macbook air or the next iphone 
you know, sit with the one you got for another year. I mean, heck, that's most people that are doing a lot of side work are in that kind of say boat. A lot of it, you know, they, they're using to pay bills and things like that. So I get that. But mm-hmm. if they have any extra, put it away and, and put it towards, you know, right. what you want to be happy doing. Make that your goal is that's what you're that's what you're saving towards. That's what you're doing towards. And, you know, uh, getting back to a little bit of, of design on this designing show um, is you can actually design a plan for it and have, and you, know, you know, the the cool thing about the one thing, you know, that worked for me is just kind of, you know, just the, the dump, the brain dump of everything. You know? uh, all I'm saying is that you can design a plan to get to where you want to go if you have a true goal and i think you need to figure out what your actual goal is before you get started i think that's that's part of it too yeah certainly certainly have have your eye on whatever prize that is at the end of the road that you're shooting for yeah but but not ignoring the the number of side paths that you could take that help go in the same direction oh that's a good point yes yeah, there there has been a lot of little side paths that have popped up in the last couple of years that have enabled me to get to this point more quickly. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. No, no journey, no journey is a straight line anymore, and I don't, you know, I don't even know if it, if ever if it ever was. Right. Um, there's so many different paths to take that can all lead to the same end result. That's good stuff, and I think the the thing is you got to find what makes you happy, and you got to you know talk to people that support you being happy mm-hmm. that's huge i mean that's one of the things yeah. that that's huge you got to find people that that actually they don't you know they don't care if you have a job or or what kind of job you have or what kind of car you have or any of that stuff they just they care that you're happy and if they're if you're happy they're happy mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that that starts to spread right and absolutely um if you can work with those types of people or have them help you, you know, mentor, mentor you, or you can help them. That's, that's where the good stuff happens. Yeah. I've, I'm, I've been very lucky and blessed to have a lot of those types of people in, in kind of my world recent, uh, over the last few years mm-hmm. where, you know, the first questions are really, Oh, that's cool. What do you do? And you tell them and the, the reaction isn't, huh, how's that work? Mm-hmm. The reaction is that's awesome. Right that's really cool and it doesn't really matter how you're doing it it's the fact that you're doing it like you're doing something for you if if that's what you're happy doing that that's really almost all that matters absolutely yeah and as long as you're not abandoning some responsibility i'm good with that and i will support you or whoever in in that in that uh getting to that point and that's the thing, and uh, you gotta you know figure that out. And I think going back to the original topic, side jobs, is that's a really good way to figure out what makes you happy. Is but don't don't just do one type of side job. Try to you know going back to your college reference too. Do a lot of things, and mm-hmm. you can do a lot of that if you have a day job and you're doing a few side projects. Don't just do you know like only website projects here and there do something else try something different try you know that's where you can be a little bit risky and you can mm-hmm. you can fail a lot if you if you have a you know if that's if that's your method you know your path to get to independence and, and doing what you want full time you know play around with that that stuff and, and try to maximize that time your time on the side 
to be to really truly being your time to try different things and, and try and fail and learn and, and try again. Absolutely. So I mean that's what I, I think that's the and you know for a long time I just did the same kind of stuff in the side work. It was just you know, a little bit here, a little bit there and whatever, but it wasn't exactly what I it wasn't making me that happy. And then I figured out how to extend that to do more stuff that was making me happy and venture out there a little bit and take a few more risks and start a business, you know, an official business on the side and do some other things. And that has been getting a little bit outside my comfort zone, even in a side job, you know, arena that, mm-hmm. uh, that has worked, worked for me. So, but you got to find what you want to do. That's the thing. People. Yeah. Go do what you want to do. You have our permission. And that's absolutely. Um, I encourage it. You want to go do that thing? Go do it. You like, we were talking like you have Aaron's the one that kind of gives permission. Like, that's a great idea. Why aren't you doing it? Like, well, I'm kind of waiting for it to be okay. And he'll be the first one to tell you it's okay. You have permission. Go do it. Go do it. Go try it. Give it a shot. So, yeah, I have a lot of, uh, uh, owe a lot to my network over the last couple of years and pushing me and um, getting me getting my mind in the right place with that kind of stuff because it was always like ah oh, it's just not the right it's like no that's what you want to do go do it you know and it's been cool so um, yeah and I think uh, I'd speak for you too but if anybody that's listening to this has any if they have questions or whatever you know reach out to us we'll we'll chat with you about it and absolutely be happy to help you you uh you you have that mailbag feature now on emergent radio that's right so you can direct a uh a question to jason or or me or uh whatever all our contact info's out there too i actually need to get a hosts page up i forgot to do that the other day so that'll be up soon and you can get direct access to all of us wonderful wonderful emergent radioers and uh but yeah get out there and do something and, and try it as a side job if you have to and mm-hmm. before too long you'll hopefully be able to take it full time 